Ed Peters, and I welcome you to What's New. We continue today in Matthew chapter 16, moving on to verse 24. On our previous study, we saw Satan for the second time trying to tempt Jesus to bypass the cross, God's plan of redemption, and immediately establish his messianic kingdom. This time, he used Peter as his instrument. Jesus severely rebuked Peter for his attempt to dissuade him from going to the cross. But according to Mark 8, verse 33, Jesus turned and looked at all of the disciples and then rebuked Peter. Apparently, they were all of this same mindset. Now, here in verse 24, Jesus makes it clear to his followers that there will be a cost for the privilege of following him. Here is verse 24, and it reads, Then Jesus said to the disciples, If anyone wants to be a follower of mine, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. The love of God is greater far than tongue or pen can ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and reaches to the lowest hell. And pardoned from his sin. O love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong, it shall forevermore endure the saints and angels' song. This is now the second reference in Matthew's Gospel to the phrase, take up your cross. Christ mentioned it for the first time in chapter 10, verse 38. Jesus also implies here in this verse that his own death would be by crucifixion. Now, here with our study is Pastor Henry Harder. Jesus, speaking to his disciples, predicted his suffering and death at the hands of the elders, chief priests, and teachers of the law at Jerusalem. Hearing this, Peter actually rebuked the Lord, saying, Never, Lord, this will never happen to you. Matthew 16, 21 and 22. Jesus' response, Out of my sight, Satan, you're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. I focused on these words of Jesus yesterday. I'll add this. Just before this part of the conversation, Jesus called Peter a rock, a suitable word for one who would be involved in the founding of the church. But 
Now Jesus calls him a stumbling block. This Greek word meant temptation or trap. We get our English word scandal from it. What had happened? Peter went from rock to stumbling block. As I said yesterday, Peter in effect was suggesting that Jesus should skip the suffering and death part of Messiah's work and go on to the ruling part. Peter wanted the glory without the pain. Peter lived for the immediate. He apparently couldn't see beyond the now. That's what Jesus calls here the things of men. Humans want immediate fulfillment. We don't want the work that must go on before. By the things of God, Jesus must have included the fact that it is divine to look ahead to the big picture, to the final glory. We humans tend to concentrate on the here and now, the near view, and have trouble lifting our eyes beyond the horizons to eternity. Humans are too nearsighted. Of course, Peter didn't understand all about the cross, but his outlook was limited. This is an interesting point here. Peter couldn't understand the present because he failed to understand the future. I'm afraid that that's the problem. We are so present-oriented that we don't realize that in order to understand the present, we need to look beyond it. We limit ourselves if we don't. It's a tragedy to be only present and problem-oriented and not to be future and potential-oriented. Peter feared the present because he didn't understand the future. I believe that he missed Jesus' words about the resurrection. He heard only his mention of the cross. There are many things involved in Peter's attitude and in Jesus' reply. Peter saw only the pain of the process, which he did not want. He failed to see the glory of the final scene. He didn't want the cross. He did not want the way of pain. Jesus said to Peter, Out of my sight, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. Since that word stumbling block may mean trap, perhaps Jesus was telling Peter that Satan was using him to set a trap for Jesus, to tempt him to bypass the cross. That's what Satan attempted to do when he tempted Jesus earlier. This exchange between Jesus and Peter ought to be heard. To try to get around the cross of Jesus, to try to get around the centrality of the crucifixion, to negate the substitutionary death of the Savior for each of us is satanic. Satan tried to get Christ to skip the cross at the very beginning, but the cross happened. Ever since, Satan has tried to tempt man to bypass it. He is very evidently still extremely active with the same temptation. Man will try anything else for salvation, but not the cross of Christ. Now Jesus turned to his disciples and said, If any man would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for me will find it. What good will it do for a man if he gains the whole world 
yet forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? To be overly concerned with the immediate, without thought for eternity, is the mark of a self-centered person. Or to want the glory without the pain is the mark of a self-circumferenced person. On the other hand, to be concerned with the Lord, His glory, and His future is to curb self-interests that might pay off immediately. So Jesus told His disciples, Deny yourself. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, he said. It is imperative that we stay close to the context when looking at these familiar and often misunderstood words of Jesus. When Jesus said deny yourself, he was not speaking of denying yourself comforts or pleasures that are within his will, nor was he speaking of deliberately causing yourself pain or suffering, in fact, to do so can become a stumbling block, a scandal to Christ and the gospel. Much harm has been done to the good news of the gospel by a misunderstanding of these words, deny yourself. To follow the Lord, then, includes not just a near view of the immediate, which is self-centeredness, but a view of the distant and eternal, which is God-centeredness. There is no room for self-interests in the walk with Christ. Jesus continued, If anyone would come after me, he must take up his cross. According to Roman custom, a convicted person was forced to carry his own cross to the place of execution. This indicated that the criminal now showed submission to the rule he once opposed. That's why Jesus called upon every disciple to carry his own cross. Peter didn't want the cross. Peter had wanted Jesus to follow his. That is Peter's plan. But that's not how it is. The disciples of Christ submit to and follow the Master's plan. The true disciple gladly demonstrates submission to the one whose rule he opposed. Peter had opposed God's plan for Jesus and for the world. Peter is now challenged to take up his cross in submission to the Lord and follow him, whatever that might involve. And that's the Lord's call to every one of us also. I'll follow you. Far away, Lord, 
Snow's a radio production of Creative Encounters. Our mailing address is Post Office Box 840H after California 93263 USA.